This is the only time I will be inviting you by number. So please do follow. We are going to start with hymn 151, and we will plan to sing all verses of these hymns. Jesus walked this lonesome valley. to worship this morning is from Isaiah chapter 53. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom the people hid their, hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and, affi and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. <clears throat> He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression 
and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offering and prolong his days, his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he had suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intersection for the transgressors.
Let's all pray together as a congregation. Pull the insert out of your bulletin and follow along. O love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back life I owe. All that in thine it flows, may richer, fuller be. O light that follows all my way, I yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed ray. That in thy sunshine's blaze its day may brighter, fairer be. O joy that seeks for me through pain. I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain. And fell the promise is not vain. That morn shall tempest be. O cross that lifts up high my head. I dare not ask to fly from thee. I lay in dust life, glory, dread. And from the ground there blossoms red, life that shall endless be.
this week, you have had an opportunity to work. Maybe there are some of you who are saying, no, no, pastor, I, I don't have a job. But somebody else worked, and because they worked, they got paid. Any of you want to say, thank you, Jesus, I got paid? I know that we've been waiting for some reimbursement because moving is expensive. And fortunately, there is a conference called the Southern California Conference that said, why don't you come to the Santa Clarita Church and be pastor? Well, that means two things when it comes to money. One, tithes, and two, offerings. We're different. The churches down the street won't be talking about offerings except for special ones like at the end of the program today. They just talk about tithe because the tithe stays in the local church. In our system, I get paid because of your faithfulness. It's biblical. It's like the priests of old who didn't have land and were expected to live off the contributions of the Israelites. But I want to point out that in our system, we also have offerings. Because you see, the lights are on. Thank you, Paul, for making sure that the solar panels are working. And if you went to the restroom today, there was water flowing. We have a place here in this community. And it is my intention to have lots of people in this community be happy that we're here. But in order for that to happen, we have to be good neighbors and we have to live like good people. And that means taking care of our place. And we do. We do. That's where the offerings come in. Now, I mentioned that you went to work this week. Are you going to get this week back? How many of you are going to be Groundhog Day, and you're going to live this week again. How many of you would like to relive this week because you want to do it differently? I don't think I want to move, so I don't know that I want to relive this week, but I'm sure glad it's over. I'm trying to tell you that you will not get this week back. This part of your life is gone forever now, and somebody decided to give you some little pieces of paper called legal tender for your time. Maybe you think your time is worth more. I'm sorry. Talk to the government about that. But that little piece of paper represents your life. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. You didn't think that that was going to be the offering appeal, right? But let's face it, folks. What are we offering to God? 
when we put that money in the plate. We are offering a little piece of paper that said you spent a portion of your life that you're never going to get back. And we're going to give you this money so that you can go buy food and pay your rent and pay your car payment. So as we take up the offering, which is this habit that we have, I don't ever, ever want you to think that it's just this thing the church does to take your money. I want you to know that it is the most active part of every Sabbath that you will have the opportunity to bring your life, which God has given you every day this week, to bring that life and to place it at his feet and say, thank you. We promise, I'm saying this on behalf of the board and Brother Bell, who is our treasurer, we promise to use that in the way that you ask us to use it. So if you notice your tithe envelope, do notice that it has several things for which you can say, send my money here. And whatever you say, we will do. But just know that that is why we have this two-part system where the tithes go to the conference and pay the workers in the conference, teachers, pastors, administrators, and the offerings for local budget stay right here. We administer those on your behalf, for you, for all of us. So this is the moment when I invite the deacons and deaconesses, those who have been asked to pick up and they have these wonderful purple, purple sacks. You know, I really think that this is the way that we keep people from being shamed. You understand that, kids? We're all into shaming. Used to be wood, so if you put coins in, people would know. <laughs> now we've given these nice purple things so that you can put coins in and we just don't know. What's your life worth? Tell Jesus about it today as you put your offerings in. Amen.
Now, as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garment, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there, and they put up over his head the accusation written against him, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and the other on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from that cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there, when they heard that, said, This man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves, after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, were there looking on from afar among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and John, and the mother of Zebedee's sons.
that was the preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph brought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. Oh, 
This is your moment. <laughs> Come, you, we have some scripture from Luke. I'm just letting the kids know. On the first day of the week, quite early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. When they got there, they found the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not see the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, Suddenly, two angels in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the angel said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you when he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Come ye faithful, raise the strength of triumphant gladness, come as one is people forth into joy from sadness. Now rejoice and loose and limb, and with true affection welcome in unwearied strains, Jesus. 
says time. Say it again. Amen. Amen. Well, this is the, the part of the story that the women really like. Because they like to make sure that the men know that this is the part of the story that they really like. Because you see, it was the women who came to do for Jesus. This is, this is now the Gospel of John. The women who came to do for Jesus what they were hoping to do that made them the first to discover that Jesus was not there. Now, they were shocked. You, read, you, you heard the Luke passage. They were shocked so, so much that they went face down in the dirt in front of these two shining angels. But as soon as they collected themselves, they went running back all the way to Jerusalem, to wherever the disciples had holed up, and they said, he's, he's, he's not there. He's not, he's, he's gone. Now, the, the neat thing about the Gospel of John is it's written by John. And he doesn't like, he doesn't like to mention himself by name. So Peter, being the, the leader guy, he's the big fisherman, he starts out running, but the other disciple, doesn't mention his name, runs with him. And because the other disciple is younger, he gets there first. Because Peter is just not in shape. So he ducks in. Peter ducks in and there are angels by neatly folded garments. If you went to kids' Sabbath school here at Santa Clarita today, you would see, if you have never seen it, because it, I'm told it happens every year, please go to the classrooms on the way to lunch. Our teachers have reconstructed the garden tomb. There's a tomb in one of our classrooms. And then there's also a table where they feasted. 
I know why the ladies like this part of the story. Because they were there first. Mary gets there and she's looking for her Lord. This is Mary Magdalene. Some people want to make a lot about her relationship with Jesus. But I want you to know that there was a lot. He healed her seven times from demon possession. He rescued her from prostitution. This is a woman who knew that she owed Jesus everything. She was the one who poured spikenard on his feet at Simon's house, the very man who had enslaved her and who had the audacity to say, if you knew what kind of woman this was, you would not let her touch you, Jesus. This is the woman who comes to the grave and is looking for her master. She, she thinks through her tears that Jesus is, is the, the gardener. Hence the idea that this was a garden tomb. We know that it's a tomb that belonged to Joseph of Arimathea. He's a rich man. He has the money to build a tomb and, and it apparently had never been used before and that's why Jesus is known as the one who was crucified with criminals and laid to rest with the rich. But when they arrive there are two things missing. Number one, praise the Lord for this, the hundred soldiers that had been sent there to guard the tomb were already gone. The stone had been rolled away by the left pinky of the angel as he scooted it out the way before he said to Jesus, Thy father calls thee. This is, this is the moment, my friends, when the whole thing works. Up until this point, he would have just been another Jew trying to poke his finger at the Roman Empire. Hence the sign on the top of his cross. That was the Romans poking back at the Jews. Oh yeah, this is the Jewish king. Yeah, just bring them on and we'll crucify them. Every single one. Jesus is now standing next to Mary. And it isn't until he addresses her by name that she realizes who he is. Now, I don't know. I don't know if Jesus has ever called your name. But I suppose you would know. I don't know what that would feel like to look into his face. But it's Mary, and she knows what's happened to her. She knows the part that Jesus has played in her life. She knows that she is nothing without him. And she makes a lunge for him. She really does. Jesus has to step back, and she, he has to say, Don't touch me. 
don't touch me, you can't have a hug yet. I have got to go to my Father in heaven and see whether or not this whole thing is being accepted, whether this offering of my life, what we told the kids this morning, whether the Passover, whether the death of the Lamb, the perfect Lamb of God has been accepted in the courts of heaven. I've got to go, but I'll be back. Go tell the disciples and Peter. The one who thought he was all that in a bag of chips just didn't want to be associated with Jesus around the fire in the courtyard. Denied his Lord three times with cursing, the Bible says. Yes, he was a fisherman. He knew a word or two. And Peter, tell him, I'm alive, and I'm going to come back to see you very quickly. This time when she came back and told them, they didn't not believe her. They believed her. So you have as the first person to be the bearer of the good news, otherwise known as the evangel. That's what that word means. The good news. The first person to evangelize the church was a woman named Mary. This is the epilogue because you see, like it is uh, the famous radio talk show host, that is the rest of the story. Except that here we are in 2017, 2017, and we're celebrating this thing again. If it were Passover, what would we say? Anyone know? Next year, Jerusalem. Next year in Jerusalem. My friends, we are Adventists. How about we say next year in the new Jerusalem? Because of his resurrection, because he is standing at the right hand of the Father right now, we can say next year, if it please you, Lord. In the typical Old English, we would say in the year of our Lord, 2017. Meaning, every time we get to a new year, we are hoping that it is this year that Jesus will come. In the year of our Lord, 2017, we are celebrating the fact that we have eternity in front of us because he made it through. Thank you, Mary, for letting us know.
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we accept your offer of salvation again, Jesus. Help us like Mary to know that you are everything to us. As we go into another year, may it be this year, Lord. May it be this year that we live for you. May it be this year that we do everything for you is our prayer, knowing that you will go, that you will stand, that you will give all the words we need. So we pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let us be seated.